Your Spirits with Dina Marie every Friday here on 1150 AM KKNW. I'll be introducing you to fascinating people, fun places to visit, and activities that are guaranteed to lift your spirits. And I have all of that this hour. Do you? Fascinating I'm excited. people. Let's do this. Things to do. We're going to go to a trip to another island, but I'll talk about that later. <laughs> Let's see. I think my stars are aligned. You know, I saw orcas for the first time, a pod of them. Really? Yes. You didn't see the, the what is it, the new J-Pod that's getting all the news about the new baby? It probably was that oh one. Oh, my God. That's so cool. I was sitting on the beach, beautiful sunny day, and I started thinking about the world and what's going on. And yeah. it kind of lowered my spirits. And I think I even cried a little bit. And then I thought, you know what, Dina? The skies are blue. You're sitting here on this beautiful island. Get up and lift your own spirits. So I started walking. And I talked to a fisherman. And we turned and looked at the water. And it was a pod. And I said seven or eight. He said 15. But they were um, breaching. And mm-hmm. anyways. Lifting your spirits is essential. And of course, of course. guess what? I'm back. Yeah, I'm you are. really back. Good. So not only do I have my office back at the Bayview Healing Suites, I also um, did uh, work at a, a seaside spa and salon, did all these readings with these women. And so I'm back doing my healing work, which is my purpose and my passion, what I, I came here to do. And so I figure as soon as I started doing that, all the lights started turning green. All the lights started turning green. And what I'm going to do, because I feel so blessed, I've been blessed in the last couple months, uh, with uh, some money. And so I have enough money to live for till December or January without even any worries. I'm going to do all my healing sessions by donation, and you can do phone sessions with me. Anthony started that party. He was my guest last week, and we're going to do the seven chakras. So each week we'll do a chakra tune-up, and then at the end of his seven weeks, he'll come on the show and talk about what he learned and how it affected his life. And also at the Baby Healing Suites, I'll be doing uh, readings there if you'd like to stop by. That's in uh, it's close to Langley, Washington on Woodby Island. And uh, if you would like to do the one-day retreat, I'm back. You can come to the island. Uh, restaurants are open, the beaches, and I will uh, take you on a, a labyrinth, and we'll go to the beach. You can go for a sunrise or sunset. And today, Faye and Adam are coming back to the island. Awesome. Faye's sea Star. So they're coming out to hang out. We're going to go to the labyrinth. And the star is see. such a cool place. Oh, the, she's an amazing musician. Mm-hmm. That too, of course. Each week I want to highlight musicians and artists and authors. And um, one day they came out to the island and we did a small group around a fire. And we played music. That was the first time I got to hear music live through this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so then they went home the next day and I was kind of sad. And when I went home, on my doorstep was a CD. And I opened it up. 
And I got in my car and I played it. And it totally lifted my spirits, changed my whole week. And then I had to call the young man who wrote it. But what I did is one day I shared his video watching a sunset in Kauai. And now I realize that I probably met him at the Paniola Grill two or three years ago. It's such a beautiful synchronicity. But I am so excited to go visit Kauai and bring David Parsons III on the show. Good morning, David. Good morning. Aloha. Aloha. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, you're in your studio. Good to be here. Yes, I am. It's a nice early day on the island. On so. the island. So you follow through. You sent me a CD, and it really came to me at a beautiful moment, and I want to thank you for that. And uh, we had lots of synchronicities and coincidences, but your family is what would be <laughs> your yeah. family? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, no, yeah, everybody that, that's in my life uh, has played pretty amazing roles. And, and like you said, it's cool to see things just kind of come to be and and this whole process of music and moving to the island and and then hearing that, you know, you live on Wibley Island and, and my family lives there. My extended family lives there. And it's like, whoa, that's cool. That's cool. Let's run with this. So. And the beauty of it is I probably, we just figured, I saw you at Paniola Grill, probably for an open mic, open jam or something, and I liked you because Jared always lets me know the musicians, and then I share my videos, and you must have been on stage with some, some of my favorites. And um, now you live on Kauai, and you're, you're a full-time musician. That's it, yeah. yeah. I was uh, born and raised in the San Francisco Bay Area in California, and then uh, went down to school in southern california until 2013 and then i moved here in uh 2013 i moved to the islands and uh it was supposed to be three months and <laughs> here i am actually my oh this is kind of crazy another coincidence uh uh the first of october was my uh anniversary date from moving from california to here so i've been here officially boy i think completed seven years so amen when I first moved here, it was so funny. I was working at one of the restaurants, and I was so surprised about how many people had, oh, yeah, I was supposed to be here for three months or five months, and I'm going on my 10-year anniversary. I'm like, that's not going to happen to me. That's you know, <laughs> from a city and stuff. And then I'm like, here I am, <laughs> seven years later. <laughs> so it's uh, it's been such an amazing ride. And, and uh, I think one of the things that we had talked about pre-show was just uh, the power of getting outside of your uh, kind of the chaos and the clutter and, and living in LA, you know, you're just bombarded with uh, billboards and uh, you know, how, what's the latest and greatest and what's trending and the million lines of traffic and cars. And, and I just remember the first night that I got here, I, when we had talked about this, I could hear the crickets outside of the the room and just the sound of rain which in southern california we, we get that like once a once or twice a year and uh it was like wow oh my gosh i can i can hear my voice my you know my own thoughts and not a thousand voices and a thousand cars honking and it was it was almost awkward and and uncomfortable because you know when you got to sit there kind of with your own thoughts uh it's amazing kind of what comes up and what what pops in your head but that was the kind of the beginning of uh, my writing uh, career and is finding that that place of solitude to lift, lift my own spirits. And yeah. What makes me me. But yeah. 
and, and Woodby has that too. Like I told you, it's so quiet and I can see the stars. And last night I slept over at my son's house and it's the city. And I, of course, I didn't sleep at all. I, it, you know, I could hear everything. But yeah, there's something about solitude and, and getting, I say get your head on straight, but you have to be quiet with yourself enough to figure out who you are and what it is that you want to do. And also your higher self. And I know we've had, we had a really great couple talks, but I, I really do want to go back to when you were younger. I want you to I want you to just tell us your story. Can you do that? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Um so uh you know, I think every songwriter or every musician or artist and has kind of the catalyst of things that uh push them into a reflective mode or or inner kind of inner spirit mode if you will and and so I'm very grateful. I, I had a, a lot of hardships growing up. Um that have shaped kind of my perspective on life and mine aren't any worse or better than anybody else's we all deal with things but um i think i think always a good place to start with this is you know just being vulnerable right off the bat um and you and i had talked about how important it is to share stories because it allows us to connect with other people and to um i think find that human common ground that we all share and so back in 2007 uh, it was March of 2007. Um, I actually almost committed suicide. So um, I was at a train station and I had it all planned out. And um, about probably 10 minutes before the train was supposed to arrive, I uh, just was praying and I was, you know, everybody has their different faith. But for me, I was just praying and asking God, like, if you're there, if you're real, like, help me out of this. I, I And I was just in a different headspace and this song came on the radio and it was this song by jars of clay and it said no one loves me like you that was the chorus it said no one loves me like you no one loves me the way you do and it just gave me this moment of clarity and hope despite all the darkness that i was working through and and the hardship that i was trying to cope with and and uh it like it was like a two by four across the face and and I had called my uh, resident advisor who is the dorm room uh, on our floor in the college dorm room and I just said you know his name is Corey Ingstrom I said Corey I'm in a really bad place right now and um, I need you to come take me to the ER and and I need to start a healing process and um, I need you to show up really fast and he jumped in his car and sped down the road and and met me and took me to the Baldwin Park uh, ER and I actually still have the deposit letter from that that day and um, I, I like to tell that story because that was the beginning of my healing process from years of, of some really difficult situations and uh, learning how to uh, work through those things and uh, the amazing part of the story is uh, about three, let's see, that was 2007. So 2011, on a Friday, uh, I got a little Facebook message that popped up uh, in my office at the end of the day on a Friday. And, and it said that Jars of Clay was going to be playing at this at my college, um, which was like five minutes from where my office was at the time. And I was like, Oh, my gosh. So I jumped in my car and I drove there and uh, it was this, they were playing out on the soccer field and uh, 
I was at the very back and it was a very small intimate group of people, maybe a hundred people watching. And um, I was working with celebrities at the time as a brand marketer and had had some success in that realm. And this gentleman walks up to me and goes, are you David Parsons? I said, yeah. He said, I, I know you from your work with working with celebrities and 501c3s. I'm Mike Lenda and I run Jars of Clay's nonprofit foundation. Uh, can I ask you about a couple questions that I have about 501c3s? And I said, yeah. And so I proceeded to you know, answer his questions. And at the end I said, hey, I, I wanna tell you a story. And I just said, um, you know, one of the guys that wrote this song that's on stage right now, I'm literally standing here because of the song that he wrote. And uh, he took me after the concert, took me right up to the, the lead singer. And I told him face to face and just said, hey, you know, I'm here because you came up with the lyrics to this song. You recorded this song. You brought it to market. You did everything you had to do to get a manager and an agent and hold your band together. And I just said, I'm standing before you because you did that. And I want to say thank you. And this is before I knew that I had a little bit of talent writing and recording music. And this was before I moved to Kauai. You know, this is two years before I moved to Kauai and which is where my songwriting journey began. And I just look back and I see how, you know, these things are full circle. And um, I just, I'm always amazed by that. You know, I'm always amazed by when we allow ourselves to have our hearts open to listening and uh, moving forward. I think that amazing things happen. So I think that's probably like the biggest part of my, like my story. And I always like being vulnerable about it because you don't know who's in the, in that same position especially right now, you know, especially right now during these times um, where there's a, there's a lot of things to overcome. <laughs> well, so. and that's why I'm highlighting musicians. You lifted my spirits on a day. I really, I needed that. Music heals. Music is essential. We're going to yeah. get it through somehow, some way, right? We, maybe we can't gather, but we are going to continue doing what we came here to do. And you were, you were telling me uh, something about happy people. Those are the ones you need to check in with the most. Yeah. Oh, I saw a post um, from a friend of mine and uh, they, this was like maybe two weeks ago. And, and I think it really hit home having been in that, in that mindset of, uh, you know, a really deep depression that had built up since I was 10 to the kind of the climax point uh, when I was in college, you know, the second year back in 2007. And uh, I was really, really good at putting a front on and being bubbly and smiley and 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 a lot of people like had no idea that I was in that kind of that mind frame uh during that time in my life and this post that I saw from a friend of mine two weeks ago it said remember to check in with your happy friends and it had a picture of some celebrities that had you know uh, committed suicide and they're all known for their happiness they're known for their smiles like that's part of their identity is their you know a, one or two of them were comedians and a couple of them were well-known actors and and I thought there was a lot of truth to that is you know check in with your happy friends because a lot of times I can relate to that you know I can relate to them being in a place of 
darkness, but being really good at not letting anybody see that. Um, performing, so. performing, performing. Yeah, and, and yeah, and I want to mention too. You know, you were the oldest. I was. Yeah, oldest. I was the oldest too. So I'm trying to learn not to take care of other people as much as I take care of myself at this age. That's Benny's helping me with that today. <laughs> you know, real and my son. Do you, okay. Dina? Right, but performance. We're always trying to take care of the people around us, and we were both talking about uh, it gets to a point where you have to self-preservation mm-hmm. because yeah. it gets too much. It gets so heavy, and then that's when we get depressed. But yet we don't tell anybody. Yeah, it's, it can be easy to kind of hold that in and think that it's a a battle that you have to fight on your own or even to feel ashamed when I, I think that, again, why I like telling this story is because um, it's like this, there's this guilt and this shame for feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm in this place. And it takes a lot of cojones, if you will, to um, reach out and say, hey, I need help. And that that's what I did with Corey. You know, it's like, dude, I need help. I'm I I not in a good place. And that's okay. That's okay to do that. It's okay to have the self preservation and, and to learn to set boundaries for yourself. So. Well, and we talked about the power of prayer. And I know I believe it. And I my story is I, I ended up alone in uh, Sonoma. Uh, in California by myself and I was so depressed and I just couldn't get out of this funk it was my birthday and I I remember just thinking this is the end I I, you know I just it was so dark I couldn't get out of it and I looked up and I I said dear God I think I said dear God help me I have no idea but um I got a call from Suzanne Suzanne Mitchell and she's uh, my radio mom she's the one that got me started but man if I hadn't have had that call you know and and then and the next day it was so weird the Trader Joe's was next door. The gym was next door. I found a new hotel. As soon as I had some support and I had yeah. somebody basically wrap their arms around me in a phone call, everything yeah. looked it looked up. My spirits were lifted and I got through the fog is what we've had shows on about depression and that, you know, you feel better. If I ended it, it would be better for everyone, right? But then somehow, and I do, and you've had the power of prayer work in your life in amazing ways, and that's probably a book for you. <laughs> yeah, it really, it so. really I don't know if we can go back there, but I just, you and I had a lot in common and uh, we do believe in prayer. It really does work. And I also want you to mention that baseball, how important baseball was to you in your life. Yeah. So I think we had talked a little bit before coming on air just about, you know, when you become depressed, it's, it's not, well, sometimes it could be like an immediate thing triggered by one or two things. But for me, it was, as I had mentioned before, it was a decade long series of things that had happened to my life that I had to learn to to work through and um, to get help for. And I think one of those things for me and a lot of, you know, a lot of young kids, this is my second year in school was uh, baseball had been my identity since I was, uh, you know, a kid. So and that was what my dad and my relationship was not founded in that because we had more things that were important than that, but certainly my father's affirmation and approval was uh, a constant in my life because of his presence around baseball and not to any, not to his fault or anything like that. But just when I, I had, I was a walk on, I was one of 72 guys that tried out for uh, a, a baseball team that was, uh, you know, NAIA division one and uh, on the, 
you know, Pac-10, it was like level two, I think it was. And then we ended up going to the World Series. And but being a walk on, I was third string and, you know, I was first to be on the field, last to leave and and uh, work just as hard as the starters and the scholarship guys. And it was really difficult at that time in my life to be doing all the right things, but not be good enough. And at the time, the girl I was dating, uh, you know, we had a falling out and that was my first true love and everything. And then uh, I had had some family issues with uh, kind of working through a family member that uh, had, was dealing with some some mental illness stuff at the time. Um, well, not at the time, but again, since he was a kid and, and being the eldest. And so I. Uh, kind of coming to that point in my life where my whole dreams had been all wrapped around I want to be a you know a major league baseball player and I wanted to to do that and then realizing that that wasn't going to happen and in the course of you know 2 years have poured everything into trying to be better when I wasn't going to be good enough just because the simple point was there's always somebody that's better than you there's always someone that's gonna take the field with or have a better eye to hit and and it was like looking at at that time in my life and saying okay well what a, what a, where's my identity now and um that was really difficult um that I wouldn't say that was the number one thing that led to that but you um, also had a major surgery <laughs> So you're not only you're performing, but you're also after major surgery and, and healing and, and still yeah. picking yourself up and going, you know? Yeah. So I, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, like I said, there was a num there was probably five or six really kind of big issues that were happening all at the same time that were coming to a head. And you had mentioned the surgery. So I think I was like number nine in California to have a chest surgery uh, when I was 15. So two years prior to this ending of baseball. And um, I had what's called pectus excavatum. So it's it's where your your chest sinks in over time and uh, your sternum falls in on itself. And, and it it created a kind of a, a deep bowl in my chest. And so uh, a couple of days before my 15th birthday, I ended up having a CAT scan and all this stuff. And and they told me that I needed to have some a, a big procedure done. And I was given kind of two options. One from the 1960s, there was a procedure that was uh, developed that uh, put basically a crossbar in your chest and it was a nine month recovery with six months in bed in the hospital. Um, and then they had just come out with a new procedure that this doctor in Oakland, California, which was very close to my house, he was a pediatrician that was uh, developed this new uh, procedure. And, and it basically, they put two bars in your chest to the shape of your ribs and uh, kind of break your ribs and sternum and then let your sternum and your ribs reheal to that. And so I went with that procedure because at the time I was playing baseball and I wanted uh, the recovery time was like three months recovery with a one month in bed in the hospital. And um, so I went, I went with that. So, you know, dealing with all the psychological stuff that happens when you're kind of told as a, as a, a teenager, you know, going into your senior, junior, senior year of high school. Again, this is prior to playing baseball in college, but I, I had dealt with that. And then uh, some family stuff that was uh, unresolved and, and needed to 
um, kind of just find my place through all that. So it was a, a series of things, yeah. And ad- adversity. So we're getting to the adversity part where you went to this place and then you actually performed even more. You got into corporate and you were, you were working really, really hard. And we kind of ended our conversation the other day about being humble and being of service. And when we come back from the break, I want to talk about that. But I want to play beautiful things to the break because I want everyone to hear this song first. Cool, yeah. You're listening to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. She had a beauty of a butterfly. Carefree smile come and flutter by me Lit on my world like a shooting star The sweet surrender of a Friday night Home sweet home was in her eyes And I knew you were one of a kind And I say Beautiful things don't seek attention And humble people, they don't do it for the praise where your treasure is, your, your heart will follow And where your love is, where your, your time will tell Friday on Lift Your Spirits Radio at 8 a.m. for the Sustainability Sessions with host Rebecca Sayer. Learn from and be inspired by local leaders, thinkers, and problem solvers who are tackling the sustainable living questions through invention, collaboration, and hard work. This lively and thought-provoking show focuses on tangible, practical measures that we can all take to reduce our carbon footprint and rethink how we relate to the resources of our natural world. 
Don't forget, that's the Sustainability Sessions with host Rebecca Sayer every third Friday on Lift Your Spirits Radio at 8 a.m. Feeling the need to get away and reconnect with Mother Nature? Located on Whitby Island, Earth Sanctuary is a peaceful and magical sculpture garden, nature reserve, and retreat center with two miles of nature trails, three bird-filled ponds, and a variety of powerful sacred spaces, including a labyrinth, stone circles, and medicine wheels. Come and enjoy the wonders of nature and experience personal renewal, spiritual growth, and healing today. Visit earthsanctuary.org or the Earth Sanctuary on Facebook for more information. Curious about whales in the Pacific Northwest? Orca Network's Langley Whale Center celebrates and shares the lives of gray whales, orcas, and other marine mammals of the Salish Sea. The Langley Whale Center is a project of Orca Network, a nonprofit that is based on Whidbey Island. The Langley Whale Center gives Orca Network the opportunity to have a public presence to share the excitement about the whales and marine mammals who are our neighbors. The Whale Center in Langley gives visitors and residents alike a chance to learn more about the endangered southern resident orcas who visit our area and about the North Puget Sound gray whales, a small, unique population of gray whales who find sustenance in the waters of Saratoga Passage and Possession Sound each March through May. Check out the Orca Network and Langley Whale Center on Facebook for the latest whale sightings, educational programs, and events, or visit orcanetwork.org for more information. You'll be glad you did. Lift your spirits with us every Friday at 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on 1150 a.m. KKNW Seattle. We will be introducing you to fascinating people, fun places to visit, and activities are guaranteed to lift your spirits. Miss a show? No worries. You can visit 1150kknw.com and click on our archive page or like Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie on Facebook for upcoming guests and events. To contact me, Dina Marie, visit dina-marie.com. Thank you so much for listening. Talk radio for the heart and soul. Alternative Talk 1150. Well, I sing top down, look around, go stop. Never gonna know if you'd never try, baby. Top down, look around, go stop. Never gonna know if you never fly, baby. Higher. You got to fly higher I got the sunshine falling down on me Got blue skies there as far as I see Got the woman of my dreams sitting next to me Lean a little closer than you'll see It's a good day if you make it that way Have Welcome back. You're listening to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie. And that was the song I put in the car and I'm like, ah! I'm going to the beach. I feel like I'm in Hawaii. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you have your top down? Oh, man. I, well, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Remember by the top with the, the uh, tent with no top and the topless tent show? I'm missed sorry. That one. <laughs> I, said, I, I don't know a, if I, I said I, I had a topless one. tent, but I meant it had a screen over it. I saw this comment. The whole t- they were all laughing. Family show here, Dean. Topless Family show. tent. Family all right. <laughs> but top down. I had my window rolled down. And I headed to the beach and I listened to that CD and I felt alive. So thank you, David. You know what's funny about that, actually, Ben. Uh, you you kind of hit hit the head on. Everybody interprets lyrics differently, sure. right? Uh-huh. Experiences are, and so it's so funny because top down. I love that song, and when I wrote it, I was like, "Oh, everybody know what, what top down means because it's a convertible. You throw your top down and you drive around the beach and you find a spot and you run down and 
and you go from there. But <laughs> you're, I think you're one of the the uh, very first live that's like, oh yeah, no, I know what it is. I'm like, good, this is good. Truth <laughs> <laughs> comes out. I mean, so like... many directions depending on the show. But this is PG. Okay, here we go. Ah, uh, well, well, sometimes. <laughs> well, David, I want you to now go to corporate America where you're performing, performing, and performing again. Tell us that story. Yeah. Yeah, so when I ended up stopped playing baseball, um, you know, when uh, I, had, I had a good mentor at the time and he said, he said, uh, sometimes our, our life decisions can be like phoenixes, right? The bird that lights, it's it's a mythical bird that in medieval times that lights itself on fire to uh, kind of be the hero in a battle. And um, he just said, maybe baseball is the phoenix for the next step of life. And sure enough, he was right. Um uh, about two weeks after I told the head coach, you know, we got to go to the World Series and uh, that was amazing just being able to be a part of a team that uh, uh, we learned discipline and all that stuff. And then to be able to be have a the record, we had a, like a 44 and four record and and uh, I sat the bench, but just being able to be a part of a, a winning culture was unbelievable. And at the end of that, going into my junior year, I, I had a heart to heart with the head coach, um, who's a great friend now. And I just said, you know, where's my place in this? And he just said, you know, you're not on this team to be, uh, to be a, a player on the field. You're on this team because of the, the morale that you bring and the example that you lead off the field. And that was a really hard thing to hear, but it, I appreciated something about my coach was that he was always direct with me. And, um, so I, I said, you know, that being the case, I need to stay focused on uh, my academics and I'm going to humbly step down from the team. And I had no idea what I was going to do. And about two weeks later, I get a phone call from a gentleman uh, and he goes, hey, David, uh, you know, you've been mentoring my son as a part of the baseball team. I was uh, in charge of the the local camps that we would run for the community. And I had met this kid my freshman year. I had mentored him for two years and gave him some baseball lessons. And I had never met his dad through the course of that. And this guy, Alan Pavlowski, calls me up, the father, and he says, would you be interested in, in an internship now that you're not playing baseball? And I said, sure. So he took me to this little Greek restaurant and we're sitting there. This is about two weeks after I had told the coach I'm done and I had no idea what I was doing next. And turns out that he's the CEO of one of the largest uh, personal branding um, and celebrity philanthropy marketing uh, agencies in Los Angeles. And he had a roster of uh, 56 of the top NFL uh, players at the time that he built the personal websites for. So that's what his company did. They built the websites and managed the e-commerce businesses for uh, some of NFL's greatest players. And he asked me if I would be interested in uh, being his intern. And so I went from, you know, bench warmer to uh, basically his right-hand man. And, and within six months, he promoted me to director of client services. And I was flying all over the United States, um, managing this roster of uh, 56 of our clients. And I, I was literally like the go-to person, jaw on the ground at, you know, 18, 19, uh, actually at that time I was 20. And so that was kind of the start of my uh, marketing and branding career. And this is before I moved to Hawaii. Um, and I spent uh, from 2008 to 2013 uh, learning that business and starting my own business in that and was 
had some success with that. And um, that was so cool because, you know, Dina, we had talked about kind of the life path that we all take. And I had no idea that all of that would play into um, becoming a, a musician, you know, becoming a... Because you weren't playing at all. I had, I had, I had bought a guitar my senior year of high school. Uh, that was my graduation gift to myself. But I picked it up maybe 10 times from high school to when I moved here to, to Kauai. I think I knew three chords that I could fumble through. Um, but, you know, you had asked me how I got to Hawaii. And I had kind of reached the point at my, in the marketing world, it's very, very late nights and lots of big presentations. And I was working six days a week, 16 hour days, traveling a lot. And uh, I, when I was coming to the end of my time in California, I was actually traveling four hours a day in the car, two hours both ways from Glendora, California to LA. And I just hit a tapping point. And uh, my mentor at the time was a uh, military World War II veteran that was coming to the end of his years. And he just said, David, before you kill yourself doing this, you need to take a step back and find that childhood and those college years that you never had because of the responsibilities in your family that you took on and because you haven't had a life as a kid. And I uh, was sitting in my 10 by 10 foot cubicle doing corporate life and six figure income and, uh, you know, getting to meet with NFL players once a week, going to the Super Bowls. And uh, I just said, this isn't what I want to do. I, I want to find what I really want to do in life. And a banner ad for the Grand Hyatt, which is a well-known uh, hotel here in Kauai popped up while I was writing a blog post for one of my clients. And I saw the photos of these beautiful tropical waters and lush greenery. And, and I said, that's where I want to live. That's what I, I I've want to do. I want to figure something out. So I, I jokingly called my parents. Well, they thought I, were, I was joking, but on my lunch break right there, I applied for a job at the Grand Hyatt as a uh, outdoor busser. And uh, I bought a one-way ticket two weeks later and I uh, let go of all my clients and used the money to help put one of my brothers through college. And I moved here and I took a, a job as a, as a busser and, and a waiter. And I was never more happy in my entire life. I, I, I was, I got, I learned how to surf and uh, started that's when I started playing music was about six months after I moved here my landlord my landlord said Dave come you know come play play music with me and and so I did and uh he would just get his ukulele out and just jam just for hour two hours on end you know just play music and he would play everything from Folsom Folsom Blues Johnny Cash to you know pop music to RMB and on his on his ukulele and one one quarter at a time I kind of started learning how to play the guitar and and uh, he's like dude you got to sing with me you got to sing with me I was like his name's Mitch I was like <laughs> I was like Mitch I don't sing I don't I was like I'll play music with you and he ended up pulling 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 me out of the 
kind of the out of my comfort zone and i started started singing and and he had ran an airbnb with so they had about six rooms a night that they would run and so we would play music in the family room and we had people from switzerland and japan and south america and all across the united states staying every single night in in these rooms and we would play three four times a week we'd play for the guests uh, we'd play music and we started getting asked do you have a cd do you have a cd and that's when my marketing background kicked in and i was like oh my gosh if random people from around the world are asking us for our product and willing to pay 10 15 bucks for a cd maybe this is something <laughs> maybe this is something i can do and so uh long story short i they there's a couple farmers markets here at and uh one one that was on the the west side where i live and one night i had off i went to this little farmers market and got there about 8 30 at night it ended up at nine and i went down to the very end of the the street and i started playing the only three songs that i knew by heart and i had my eyes closed my i was shaking and i opened my eyes up i had 43 dollars in my in my guitar case and i had about five or six people standing there listening and that was when i was like this is what i want to do <laughs> my life i just have to mention i ran away from home to Kauai. i told everyone on the plane i'm running away from home <laughs> so mama Kauai, when you get there you just she invites you and you're supposed to be there and then magic starts to happen it's yeah. it's, it's such a beautiful place and i end up at a healing center i was playing my instrument all all those people from all around the world I met yeah. them. I did healing work with them. They've been on my show. You know, and then yeah. that when the Paniola Grill came through and the music was playing at the same, I was like literally in heaven. And, yeah. and you and I weren't afraid to humble ourselves and be of service and do the jobs that it took to stay in Kauai or on Kauai. And I want you to tell the story about getting that one email address. What? Yeah, yeah. So, um, and just to mention for the, for the fans, so Paniolo Grill is is one of the the places that um, does live music here on island in Kauai, and uh, it was one of the restaurants that when I'm not on tour I like to play at just to because they're an amazing atmosphere of live music there. And when you eat there, it's like you're stepping into your backyard with the the ohana, as we say say here on is means family in Hawaiian, and this ohana spirit that they bring, and that's actually where you and I met. The Diaz family. Oh, I love, they've been on my show. We went to uh, Bruce's house and we've recorded and had shows there. Bruce Dement. Bruce. Uh, I know. And Bryn and, and Kenji. Ah, they've all been on the show. And we did live shows from there. But yeah, Diaz family. And again, um, support our local venues if you can. If they're still going, you know, donate, whatever you can do. But that's when I first met you. They told me your name. I must have friended you on Facebook. And I probably tagged you in one of my many, many live videos or something. Um, yeah. But here we are, and then yeah. full circle with your email while you're yeah. waiting tables. <laughs> so fast forward about, I was probably like two years after I had started playing live for a bunch of different restaurants. I'm still a, a waiter. I'm still a you know a busser at two different restaurants, and um, I'm serving a table and uh, on a Tuesday, and I finish up and fast forward. On a Thursday, that same table, the two guests, this guy David and, and his wife came back. They weren't even in my section and I started chat, chatting with them and it was kind of a slow day. And, and Dave asked me, you know, 
hey, so why did you end up moving here? And I was like, I wrote here, I, I moved here to write a book and to get away from corporate life and just to find what I love to do. And I said, and I started surfing and then I started playing music and I really like playing music. And I, and I, I started kind of writing, writing songs a little bit. And, and he goes, cool. Well, if you finish any original music, why don't you send it my way? And he uh, writes down his email address, I think on, on a little napkin and his first name. And I say, cool. And that was in the fall of that year. And, and I'm doing this clean. And uh, I, six months later, I'm doing this clean and I find his note and I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's right. I should send him the original song, which I had just finished uh, writing my first song and actually getting it recorded at a local little church uh, with the, with the gear that they had on the church computer. And so I email it to him and he emails me back and he goes, Hey David, awesome. Got it. Thank you. How's Kauai? We'll be in touch. I was like, cool. Awesome. On a two weeks later, I'm sitting in a, a little restaurant on the West side, right down the street from my house. And I get this email and he says, David, uh, this is David Kovit, uh, Kopit, and I didn't tell you this when I was in Kauai, but I'm the executive producer for NBC Universal out of New York, and I'm in charge of all the music for the NBA Finals and the World Series. <laughs> my team and I have uh, listened to your song and we'd like to use a portion of it as the theme song for the uh, uh, the TV show Legends, which is the documentary that we've contracted with Major League Baseball to uh, use this as the theme song for the World Series and uh, to use it as the montage song for the for the show. And I'm just mind blown. You know, I'm like, is this for real? <laughs> and a camera or something. Yeah. And, and uh, sure enough, I got a phone call two days later from their uh, Matthew, who was their main lawyer. And I'm staring at a at a contract that says David Parsons the third and uh, San Francisco Giants World Series <laughs> and Universal Comcast Bay Area Sportsnet. And I'm like, this is crazy. What is going on right now? And being a baseball fan and the Giants were my favorite team along with the A's and just like what is going on? I'd say so, the universe is winking at you and you're living you're living through your heart. You know, yes. you found your tribe, you found your purpose. And like I said, we do the work it, on the back end. I work a lot to do what I love to do, which is healing. And I know you have your own business in other ways. But now I'm so excited that you have your own studio yeah. and, and, and you've written you, how many you, you, you write a song a month or a week. I can't remember. I come out with an original song a month. Yeah. I'm, you know, we're 100 um, percent supported by my fans. And so um I was thankful that after a couple of years after I did the the surveying and stuff, I noticed that there was a a need for window cleaning and power washing on the on the island. So, along with the music, and now I'm a full time musician. So this is thankfully I get to do this you know as a living, and have royalties and stuff coming in from my original songs. But um, I started a, a business doing that, and that actually 100% with the exception of one sponsorship that I got for three grand. Uh, paid for a recording studio so i have a a very very nice recording studio that i'm blessed to have and and i record an original original song a month and and release it under my music label that i started and and um 
I get to travel and, and do this for fun. And your so, website, real quick. What's your yeah, website? Yeah, it's full name. David Parsons the third. I'm the third. I, I like to honor my grand my grandpa and my dad because I share their name. So and it makes it easy because when you type it into Google, you just include the three eyes and and check him out on Facebook. And if he's watching a sun go down and playing some good tunes, share it yeah. <laughs> and, and join the party because that's how it starts. I mean, I did see you years ago. And, you know, to me, you're, you guys are kids to me. But obviously that night I was mourning my Saturday, go out and find a band and, and dance and, and, and be a part of my my tribe, you know, and, and bring my kids and just and like Paniola Grill, downtown Kapa'a like them on Facebook too because they promote you're gonna be playing there October 6th 16th 16th yeah. right the 16th I'm gonna have my band out there and it's the first time we played there in probably two years I think so I'm really excited to I'll share uh, it live I will definitely share it live but uh, like like I said like musicians pages last night uh, Andre Friante was on and so I, I shared it but that's how we can keep the music alive people are sitting at their house they can you know eat dinner with their family that's what I did with my son we went out to dinner and I listened to live music you know um, yeah it was it was a beautiful day and I just think sharing sharing make sure you like their Facebook page make sure you donate if you really enjoy them and, and they're not out there performing right now give them some money buy another CD uh, share them with friends and family uh, music has saved my life I know it's still saving yours. Yeah. I mean, your story is so amazing. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, Mitch, actually, my landlord that I told you about, that was, I call him the catalyst because he was the one that got me playing music and then pulled the singing out of me. Um, he's actually in my, you know, uh, he's been with me since the very get-go and on all of our music on Top Down and, and I think, you know, beautiful things that you just played too. He's the the guy that's playing ukulele on all those tracks, and it's so important to have somebody like that that takes you out of your comfort zone and and just says, "No, you can do this. This is you got this." And it, that was his idea. So the sunset live sunset sessions, we set the camera up with the uh, uh, on a scenic spot in Kauai and play live music with the uh, sunset in the background. And I think that's where you had heard the yeah. <laughs> first time since you saw me at Paniello and I'd like to any any new people that are on there I give out five CDs and so that was when I sent you the the CD is I was like hey DM me your address and I'll send you a, an autograph CD and and so the beauty is you acted you did it you physically got up on the dance floor and look I mean we're I really believe you're part of my tribe and I will be back to Kauai and I will see you in person and this is it's called it's seeds it's planting and and sitting down and asking yourself having that silence right that that yeah. time to figure out what it is you came here to do because I teach the chakras your purpose you everyone has one and you may work at I don't care Boeing or whatever you work but there's that other thing you do and it could be music you could be a, a chef or whatever that thing that makes you want to get up out of bed in the morning at three thirty or four o'clock because yeah. that's he's three hours back and this man is dedicated bless your heart. <laughs> You gotta find something you wake like I love to write and I love to create music it's been my outlet and I think for me the full story thing is and why I share that my you know I like to be vulnerable is because nail on the head Dina like what you just said is you've been given gifts you know be my mentor used to say be a steward be a steward of your gifts um you never know if you know there was a janitor that was at my high school 
I don't even remember his name, to be honest, but that guy, every time he cleaned the bathroom, he did it with a smile. And every time he pushed his cart up the, the hallways, he would smile and, and look you right in the eyes and he would ask how your day was. I never forget that man. And no matter if you're cleaning toilets or working at Boeing, like you just said, or writing music, you've been given gifts to steward and not to be preachy, but I always look back at what the lead singer of Jar Jars of Clay did for me by writing that song. He literally saved my life because he was exercising his gifts because he was using them. And that's, you want to lift spirits? That's the way to <laughs> follow your heart and, and utilize the gifts that you've been given every day, dedicate yourself to, to getting better at them. You got um, the Dina-ism Dina now. Lift your spirits. Yeah. Write me a song. <laughs> okay. I have to let you go, but I, I will have you back, and I hope to see you in person. David Parsons III. Like him on Facebook. Go to his website. And, uh, yeah, um, we're going to end the show with the song Top Down. Any last words? Yeah. Just thanks for your time and to all the listeners out there that get to catch this. Uh, keep your heads up. Uh, Top Down is a song about is about uh, never giving up and uh, trying new things. Um, I think the course says top down, look around, go stop. Never going to know if you never try, baby. <laughs> that just came from, uh, you know, put the, put the top down on your convertible, take a long drive, think about those things that you really want to do with your life. And, and do them. And do them. And I want to say aloha. And I want to say join us next week for more people, places, and activities that will lift your spirits. Well, I sing top down, look around, go stop. Never gonna know if you'd never try, baby. Top down, look around, go stop. Never gonna know if you never fly, baby. Higher. You got to fly higher. I got the sunshine falling down on me. Got blue skies there as far as I see. Got the woman of my dreams sitting next to me. Lean a little closer, then you'll see. It's a good day if you make it that way. Have a little faith, it'll all be okay. Take a deep breath, my friend. Well, I sing top down, look around, go stop. Never gonna know if you'd never try, baby. Top down, look around, go stop. Never gonna know if you never fly, baby. Higher. You got to fly higher. Never give up, never lose hope, never lose sight of the dreams you saw. You got to lean on love, let some go. Have a little faith, you'll get through it, you know. You're gonna beat this, see this through. I believe in you, so what you gonna do now? Tell me, tell me what you gonna do now? Well, I sing top down, look around, go stop. Never gonna know if you'd never try, baby. Top down, look around, go stop. Never gonna know if you never fly, baby. Higher. You got to fly higher. Oh, hey.
It's a brand new day. Well, I sing top down, look around, go stop. 